This is Creative Drive. In this episode, The Passion Paradox. Hello listeners, I'm Eric Torres. Welcome to Episode 7 of Creative Drive, which is all about getting your passion projects off the ground while holding down a day job and keeping those projects going. For those of you who may be new to these recordings, just a couple quick things to get us started. Um, just want to mention and kind of reiterate that Creative Drive is a bi-weekly podcast for everyday people creating extraordinary things, either at their day jobs or on their personal time. I keep things pretty loose on these recordings. I capture some ideas on a topic based on some of my experience and then put together a recording I think might be helpful for fellow creatives. Um, No real magic, no grand claims, just down and dirty and done is how I do this podcast. So um, I also wanted to say too that as of this episode, Creative Drive can be found on iTunes. So give that a look if you'd like to access the podcast that way. So I'm a member of the Phoenix Designers Facebook group, and about midway through March, I noticed a comment that caught my attention, and it had to do with the fact that a fellow designer was finding it a challenge to be at work and deliver great solutions there because her creative energy was being pulled on by projects that she was working on at home, and she was kind of more passionate about those sometimes. So... I thought, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that might be able to relate to this. I know I can. I have ongoing experience with this challenge myself. And I thought, hey, maybe this episode could revolve around this topic of passion and passion for the work you do. And is it possible to have that passion at the day job, you know, remaining a key contributor there and being a resource there that's valuable and valued, I should say? And then at the same time, having passion and cultivating your own personal projects. Can you have both? And, you know, for a lot of people, creative projects, personal creative projects might, you know, take the form of sketchbooks or painting, writing, composing music, whatever. But I think, you know, the things that we might want to grow as personal projects, sometimes we look at them as maybe things that can grow into ways of sustaining ourselves long term. So there's a lot of implications there for whether or not to really, you know, spend time on personal projects and really what the long term value could be. So again, for any who are new to Creative Drive, I try to focus on creative creativity broadly, you know, instead of just design, which is the field I work in. Um while I have experience working in an agency setting, I'll kind of be coming at today's topic from the standpoint of someone who's worked primarily as an in-house designer and contractor. So I want to start by saying that I think it is possible to have both a successful day job and a collection of personal projects you create. But to do this, it's important to come to terms with something pretty big. Doing both requires a lot of creative energy, so 
it's important to develop a renewable source of creative energy. And what do I mean by that? Well, for me, it's this. I want to have employment somewhere where I can use my skills and knowledge as part of a team and achieve, you know, great things with that team. If I'm going to invest energy in being creative outside of my day job, being entertained by the creative energy I expend is going to create added energy through accomplishment, portfolio growth, and sharing things with others. So this is how to achieve this renewable source of creative energy. Um, one that with you know enough practice, it can really inspire lots of benefits at the day job too. So having this renewable source of creative energy is really what you have to be out to achieve. And that implies that, you know, if you got to live in two worlds like this, which, you know, a lot of us do, again, we have nine to five jobs or we work as contractors or freelancers or whatever. It implies that, you know, these two worlds can really support each other. And I'll explain a bit further than starting with the day job side of things. So in the creative professions, you know, working for other people, we work for others for lots of reasons, right? I mean, for me, a big one was the team element, you know, succeeding or failing as a team um, and everything that you can learn from that, right? Um, projects at my work are pretty, pretty team based. So owning your commitments as part of projects that you're working on you know, delivering quality of work, um, practicing, executing projects in very tight timelines. All of these things really, you know, prop up the team and they help the team shine and succeed. And there's always kind of this variety of things to work on in a team environment because inevitably you got to help each other out or you might step in on a project to help out in a different way than what you might be used to. You know, I've done everything. I'm a designer during the day, but I've done everything from, you know, helping write copy to, you know, concepting campaign ideas for for marketing, you know, stuff that's getting done. And so there's really just always a variety of things to work on. You know, another thing that we get from working for others is providing and receiving critical feedback. And as part of a team, you know, feedback is a natural thing. You just have to expect it, right? I mean, positive feedback might come in the form of recognition and, you know, the results of your guys's work that you've produced as a team and the results being things that might be measurable, like, you know, how many people were able to benefit from a particular project you work on or how many responses you got. It could be down to the data, right? How many responses you got to some sort of initiative. But, you know, the other part of that is critical feedback. And a big thing nowadays that I think a lot of employers are seeing, there's a lot of data out there. I try on this podcast not to name drop a bunch of stuff and get into a bunch of, you know, data I believe in and whatever. I, I try to keep things pretty broad and high level. But you know, there is data out there, there is research out there that you can find on the internet and find in other channels and articles that point to the fact that a lot of 
you know, newer employees to the workforce are finding it difficult to take critical feedback because a lot of them are not ready for that. And I think in the creative professions, you have to be ready for that. You have to be willing to accept it and grow from it. And so, you know, we get from working for others what through employment, we get to experience both. We get that positive feedback, hopefully. Hopefully you guys get that. Um, and we get that critical feedback too. And we need to accept both. You know, we don't want to be teacup employees and break at every sort of, you know, pressure that's applied to us. At the same time, you know, we we definitely want to be getting that positive feedback. But, you know, the other part of this is also practicing using your voice in a, you know, creative environment, such as an agency or in-house or as a contractor working with clients, right? You're going to give feedback. You're going to give your, you know, uh, experience and benefit of knowledge and have direct one-on-one sorts of conversations with people and learn the art of negotiation and persuasion. And these are things that are very valuable that you get when you're working for others. Another thing that I know I've run into is just learning a lot of additional skills When I came out of college, out of art school, you know, I expected I'd go into a job, I'd be using Adobe uh, Illustrator and InDesign and yada yada, and that as a designer, that would be the majority of my day. Well, the reality is, is that as time's gone by, I've actually learned a lot more about um, many things when it comes to my craft and ways to apply it. So I've learned more about you know, business, about marketing, about, you know, legalities and regulations that are part of some of the industries I've worked in. And another big thing is brand management, you know, brand identity and how perceptions play a part in my work. And so there's been a lot of added benefit to, you know, being for myself an in-house designer because I've been exposed to a lot of these things. And I think people in agency settings get a lot of that too. Another thing I'd I'd probably point to as a as a real plus for working for others and having sort of an employee um, based profession uh, rather than being self employed is that you know you're taken out of your comfort zone a lot more. Um, you know when when I worked for myself for a time, I found that I tended to gravitate to a lot of stuff that I wanted to do, um, and then I started to wrestle at times with well, should I take this other thing on? I've never really done it before. Should I do it? Is it a, it's not a core competency, quote unquote, you know, is that really where I belong? And I'd second guess myself. Well, being employed with, with others, I've found that there's been times where I've been asked to work on projects that no, I've never done it before, but I will learn it. And the trust was put in me to do it. And so this kind of learning of new methods, you know, of approaching uh, the work that I was doing. I feel like I'm rambling now, but the the um, the fact that I'm able to get this experience from being taken out of what I'm comfortable doing and put into these new scenarios has been pretty invaluable. And then the last thing I'd say about this topic of the day job is just that, you know, Obviously, there's practical benefits. Um, we survive 
through working for others, we pay bills, we help others when we can. I mean, I think when you have a job, whether it's employment or you work as a contractor, you know, you're obviously going to be self-sustaining, but it's also part, part of that is also being able to help others when you have a chance. And it's easier to do that when you have this sort of a, you know, a normal day job. But there's also less stress over basic realities. I think one of the things that I enjoy about working for myself is the freedom, right? But it's also complete responsibility. And um, I think that's that's the other side of the coin. So I guess, you know, when we talk about, again, passion at your day job, which means working for other people, it really has to do with acknowledging all the benefits, all the things you really do get from working in that sort of environment. And, you know, I got to say that for me, having passion at my day job starts with trust. It's easier to have passion to be, you know, inspired around one's day job when you have the trust of others that you work with. So some questions that I always try to keep in my mind and consider from time to time are, do I have the trust I need at my day job to be passionate about the work I'm doing? Um, some days I feel I do. Um, there are a few days here and there where I feel I need to work on stuff. And so I have to be faced with other questions like, what am I doing to keep or earn trust? And do I invest trust in others? Do I trust others? Um, you know, it's been said that some people are naturally trusting of people until something wrong happens and other people, you have to earn it right from the start. And, um, all these issues around trust are really questions we all have to individually answer for ourselves. Right. But they play a big part in determining how passionate or inspired we are about the work we do at our day jobs. The truth is though, that, you know, I think all of us need to just act in line with whatever the answers to those questions are for us individually. Um, and that'll, you know, kind of make it easier to know where we stand. In the end, I think that employment in the creative professions appeals just to our inventive sides. Um, the side that we have inside of us that says, I want a chance to show the, the world that I have these ideas and I want to be valued for the ideas I have and then the skill that I have at executing them. And, you know, the reality is, though, that a lot of times um, being employed by others, whether it's in-house or agency or a contractor, client relationship, these relationships often come with us executing a lot of other people's ideas and delivering on a lot of other people's uh, visions and um, expectations. So, you know, we get it that clients and customers and colleagues, they all have ideas and objectives too, and these folks are going to come first. So I think this implies accepting direction, right? And trying to say yes more than we say no to colleagues and clients. And you know, just trying to patiently educate other people about the quality we bring to our craft, putting more emphasis on, you know, the expertise and the knowledge we offer rather than the fact that we know, you know, which buttons to push to produce a commodity quickly. So, 
I think all these things, all these work-created realities, we can acknowledge together um, that they can sap our creative energy. So how do we maintain then that passion for our jobs if we feel that our strengths or our talents and skills may not be fully being put to the use there or to use there? Um, the answer is personal projects. That's the key. But more importantly, I think, you know, just personally from experience, I think it really boils down to being entertained by those projects. So here's how that works. So whether we're self-employed or we work in-house or for an agency, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's pretty likely that you have your own creative projects that you enjoy working on. Maybe you're writing and illustrating a comic book, or you're composing your next song in preparation for releasing an album, or you're building an indie video game in your garage, right? Whatever the case may be, you've got ideas and you have tools, especially nowadays in the world we live in, we all have these tools to bring them to life. Free software, open source software, um, you know, all sorts of things that we have now that that we can use to bring our ideas to life. So I think some of the benefits around cultivating personal projects, the, where I would start is just that they promote purpose in life. Um, when you see your visions coming to life creatively, it's energizing. And when you direct your own work, you learn through that process and you gain purpose because you gain experience and that experience leads to confidence. So, you know, you're going to go through the trial and the error and the success and the failure, and you're going to get the feedback on these personal projects you work on that might make them more marketable or that might make them more meaningful, you know, to, to your audiences. You can show proof of your abilities and knowledge and skill. It's one thing, right, to put in a resume that you're able to do uh, let's say animation, or you're, you have a, an eye for animation. Well, you can demonstrate it in your own ways with self-directed work to potential partners or collaborators or clients. And I think that leads kind of the, to the next thing that I'd bring out, which is just that you, know, you can grow your portfolio the way you want to grow it. I think I've benefited from from this aspect of personal projects um, so much in, in my short career so far, I mean, I've been a designer now for about 13 years, 14 years. And, you know, it's so important. It was important when I graduated from school and it's even more important nowadays to show self-initiated projects in your portfolio and positioning them kind of as these like small case studies doesn't have to be anything outlandish or real, you know, detail, overly detailed or, and painfully lots to read through, but just going beyond what you do for work and beyond the brochures that you may make or the web banners that you put together or all those things that are the bread and butter of our day jobs, going beyond those things is what people are going to remember your work for. Um, or remember you for in terms of the work that you do. Um, 
you know, I think just like in school, we were encouraged to go beyond the student projects that we did back then and show what's, what's the initiative that you're going to take in your book, in your portfolio. So show, show, showing the work that you want to do more of is really what it boils down to. I think another thing is that these personal projects just naturally lead us to sharing and inspiring others. It's not that we become, you know, these sort of superheroes of creativity. I think it's more that we become these people who are just everyday people who can, who put time into it. It's not magic, but, you know, getting involved in drawing groups or design meetups or volunteering for events, you know, it keeps us focused on the encouragement that we draw from others and that we can give to others. And that, again, it circles back to purpose, right? I think another thing that I'd mention, and really what I already have alluded to, is the entertainment value in the work. And that really makes it play more than it is work. So using free time to create the things you're passionate about I don't know. It, to me, it's not work. It's play. Spending some of my free time, you know, putting the video game controllers down, which can for me can be hard, or, you know, killing the TV for a week and just focusing on, you know, a, a drawing or a painting I want to do. It leads to so many possibilities um, for future work or for work that might supplement your day job that you might need to, you know, take on. Uh, Seth Godin, I, I, some of you guys might know this guy, he, really prolific blogger, you know, um, I don't know, I'd say he's probably a guru in his field of best practices and, you know, um, creative work and all these creative professions talking about delivering work and ways to do it. In a nutshell, you know, one of his, what one of the things I heard him say, what paraphrasing here is just that in the future, you know, designers are going to get paid only for difficult work. And I think that the future is really now. Um, so many of you can relate to this in that we're being asked to go above and beyond as it is. So I think when we do this in our personal projects, when we show that initiative, we're already practicing for that. We're making these possibilities and opportunities for ourselves. So another thing is just that the sense of accomplishment you feel for doing your own thing will fuel effort at the day job. So how does that work? Um, I think it has to do with the fact that you'll be putting your full creative persona into what you do for yourself. Um, these are going to be your ideas, your execution, your way. And this facilitates keeping the constraints you may experience at work in perspective and not losing sight of the fact that being an inspired person starts with for fulfilling your own creative visions. So how do you, how did you get started? How did I get started? Um, you know, for me, it was just taking small steps. I'd take on a drawing project. Um, I'd write a little bit of poetry, you know, and then those things turned into bigger things from a po poem. I wanted to go into a story, you know, and from a story I wanted to go into, a book and maybe some chapters or acts or scenes or whatever in this story. So for you, whether that's music or painting, um, you know, again, programming, um, I view as a creative profession because again, it's part of design, you're building, you're constructing. And I think all these things, whether you're making a video game 
or you're, you're writing um, prose, you know, for a book of prose you want to release. Taking small steps toward any of those projects is going to be the key to getting started and not holding yourself back. Um, another thing that can really help is just sharing your projects with others, uh, whether that's a son or a daughter, um, a significant other, a mate, a friend. Ask what if, you know, ask yourself, what if I did this, what would happen? And then go out and, and find that out, you know, and share that with other people. I think making your creative time a regular thing is super important because when you do that, you'll be able to be at work and do a great job there knowing that you've set, a set aside some time that is for yourself and for your passion projects. Don't leave that to chance. Um, don't make your day job as a creative professional your last best hope for personal creativity. The two are often very different because we all know that the work we accomplish for others is subject to so many things that are outside of our control that impact you know, the creative value that we might find in a project at work. It doesn't make that work less important or, or horrible. It just means that it's different. It's a, and we need to make a distinction between what we do for others and what we do for ourselves. So, you know, to wrap this up a little bit, I think on the topic that is of personal projects, to spend a career serving others is admirable and, and is great, but none of us need to sacrifice our own fulfillment and sense of purpose to do that. We can have both and, and both can be very valuable and important parts of our lives. So the work that we do for others sustains us and our loved ones. You know, the work that we do for ourselves keeps us inspired and imagining and growing personally. At work, we all know that things are not always optimum. I don't want to get out of this episode without acknowledging that, you know, things like unreasonable deadlines, um, challenging environments to work in, substandard pay, these things are real. And the reality, though, is that they do affect many people from time to time, not just us. We're not alone in some of the challenges we face at the day job, even if we think we are, we're not. Our passion projects will help us get through these challenges and keep us, you know, keep the, these challenges in perspective. As far as passion projects go, there's gonna be hardships there too, because ask any artist you know or any other creative friends you know, fatigue, distractions, discouragement, these things are just realities we all deal with. So focusing on the enjoyment we get from completing personal projects, from taking some initiative, from being the hero of our own stories, you know, exercising creativity our way will energize us to face the challenges of our everyday journeys. Um, whether that's at the day job or whether that's as a contractor working with um, clients. So that's our topic today, or for today, I should say. And, you know, I hope you guys got a little bit of benefit out of that because I spend a lot of time thinking about this. I don't always have the opportunity to get out and meet with folks and have these conversations with people. 
But you know, again, if you guys ever have questions or comments that you want to submit, please feel free to do so. And I'll give you in a minute, I'll give you some ways to do that by way of some announcements real quick. As we wrap up, um, I want to make another mention for the agile eye, um, group that was started in January of this year. And the agile eye is a group of everyday artisans that are connected by these small monthly art projects. And we sketch them and then share our progress with each other in the world on the last Friday of each month. So, so far we have almost 50 everyday creative people who've joined this little art movement and we've been able to share lots of progress so far. Uh, this month, our, our theme or topic or whatever is just still life imagery. So whatever you might want to draw to that, and we'll be sharing our progress on Friday, April, April 25th via social media. So our hashtags are um, hashtag the Agile Eye and hashtag the Agile Eye PHX. If you'd like to get involved with the group, again, you don't have to know how to draw or be some sort of, you know, whiz with the um, pastels or the charcoal pencils or whatever. You just need to have some desire to start a sketchbook. And you can request to join our group by contacting me in a couple ways. One way is to email me at ericsdesk at gmail.com or request to join our Facebook group at The Agile Eye. Um, that's the name of the Facebook group, I should say. The Agile, A-G-I-L-E, I, E-Y-E. And it's a closed group, but that's just to prevent, you know, lots of diabolical spammers and all kinds of salesy people from getting in there and causing general havoc in our little area. <laughs> so anyway, the um, some other ways you can get a hold of me too or catch up with the projects we got going on are at Specimen Design on Twitter. And um, for folks who might be on Twitter and want to keep up with the Agile Eye, it's the Agile Eye, at the Agile Eye, I should say. And then on Instagram, it's at Specimen Design. I wanted to also make an announcement about Creative Drive going on the road. So this is kind of cool. It's kind of exciting. I'm gearing up for this um, speaking opportunity that came up. Uh, the folks up at NAU, Northern Arizona University, asked me to um, come up and present to a group of uh, soon-to-be graduates and AIGA members and participate in a portfolio review there. So I'll be presenting to these good folks on April 24th, and I'll be working on my presentation for that event for the next couple weeks to, to you know, wrap that up and get it ready. So um, these episodes, Creative Drive podcast episodes, will resume the week of May 5th. Until then, I'm going to be kind of on a break from the recording part and getting some presentation stuff ready for a, well, I guess it's kind of like Creative Drive Live, but kind of not. I don't know if we're going to record it, but, or video record it. I, I could look into that, actually. But one thing, too, is that I might release the slides afterwards, depending on how we, how I put them all together in their final form. But anyway, I'll give you guys an update on that. And um, 
Yeah, so that's the announcement part of what I got going on. So, want to submit a question for the show or share a comment? Email me at ericsdesk at gmail.com or contact me via the contact page at specimendesign.com. Coming up on the next episode of Creative Drive, Writer's Blocking. This has been Creative Drive. I'm Eric Torres, and thanks for listening, you guys. Today's afterthought. Never judge a person by their first impression, unless that person has fangs, claws, matted fur, yellow eyes, and or a look of feral desperation. Judge them and back away, slowly. <laughs>